When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon. I am Dr. James Smith Jr. And welcome back to the Dr. James Show. Um, Again, I'm always giddy and excited before a show knowing what's in store. And I'm that way again today. A phenomenal, phenomenal guest. I'm looking forward to uh, bringing her out. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a Philly musician legend, jazz soul singer, and songwriter, and check this out. She has appeared or performed at the Wells Fargo, uh, the Link, Lincoln Financial, Veterans Stadium, the Spectrum, Citizens Bank, uh, Madison Square Garden, um, the Pentagon, the White House, and for the Eagles before Super Bowl 52. She's worked with, listen to these names, Will Smith, DJ Jazzy, Jazzy Jeff, uh, Cheryl Crow, Maroon 5, Jerry Seinfeld, and her CD, Love Again, made it and is still playing in Japan, Germany, the UK, France, Turkey, and Italy. Can you say, OMG, welcome to the Dr. James Show, Jesse Kyle. Jesse Kyle, JK, what's going on? (laughs) It's so nice to see you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here today. Honored. Honored and a privilege. I think we were talking a little bit in the green room where I say, I feel like I've known you forever. And then I don't know you. I've just been admiring you from afar, listening to your music. And I'm I'm thrilled that you're here. You're here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. uh, It really is great to be with you today. Jesse, we hear this all the time. The Philly musician, the Philly singer, like in sports is the Philadelphia boxer or the Philadelphia point guard in basketball. When people talk about the Philadelphia musician, the Philadelphia singer, how would you describe that? Either that and or Philadelphia music, because you're a part of the family. Yes, I think that Philly has its own unique music culture and uh, really kind of like, unlike any other city. And from my experience, I mean, certainly truly, truly gifted musicians here in the city, songwriters, singers. Um, We have a ton of talent in our city for sure. Um, uh, But I think what sticks out to me with your question is that from all of my time in studios and doing shows, et cetera, there is a, uh, there is a humility about the musicians here. Yeah. And I don't know if that is just when you think of, I'm a big sports fan, when you think of Philly, they always talk about we're the blue collar, you know, tough, and I think that kind of is the same with the musicians. Like, you know, we're in it, we're, we're, we just want to do it. We want to be great performers and, and give. So I think there's a sense of humility in the music community in Philly. What, what do you think contributes to that humility? Because I'm born and raised in Philly. I feel it. 
But what contributes to that blue collar, that humility, that love heart spirit that permeates the music industry? I think that Philly is um, usually thought of as an underdog city. You know, being so close to New York, we're not New York. You know, there's New York, LA, DC, but Philly has obviously so much to give, but I think we kind of have that uh, middle child <laughs> complex, if you will. So I think that just gives us that grit that we just, you know, we kind of have something to prove. I think that's where it comes from. Did you ever think about taking your gift to another city, another state, moving away from Philly? Or did. did you just say Philly is? No, I definitely, I thought about moving to New York um, many times, in fact, and then uh, opportunities just kept presenting themselves here in the city. And um, I didn't take, you know, I would say that leap, but it just, I've had a great career based in this city. So it just, has, Philly has been great to me. Well, I'm glad you stayed. And actually, when I was doing my, my research, I stumbled upon a video. And it's the video of you singing the day I met you. So we're going to show it right now. It's Vesper. You were at the Vesper oh, yeah. uh, Club, Lounge, Restaurant. Yep. And our good friend Marcus Allen took me there that evening. And he said, I wanted you to hear my good friend, Jesse Kyle. So let's hear a little bit of you performing at Vesper. Oh, when you touch me, I just can't control it. When you love me, I just can't hold it. The emotion is on me. After that, <laughs> I, that was powerful. And I remember going, that was 2015. Yes. I remember going up to you, of course, singing your praises, and you gave me a CD. And that's when I became a follower. Um, oh, how, would you, how would you describe your sound, your gift? Well, you thanks. You know, that song that, you, that I did, so, you know, that's Jill Scott, of course. Yes. And I was, uh, working at the regard was the general manager of the recording studio when she did that whole album so for me you know i was on the administrative and literally sitting at my desk while she was recording next door so uh quite a 180 to be performing that song which i, I love her so much and love that record um and i'm sorry i died no, I, I said question how would you describe oh. the jesse gift your music we have jazz and soul yeah. but how would you describe I would say the same. I think um, my raspy voice really lends to the, my, my soul title, but I would say jazz, soul, R&B, uh, maybe a teeny bit of pop, but <laughs> I grew up singing, you know, my, my dad was um, not a professional musician, um, but playing the piano, drums, guitar, and then 
and his brother played the piano for Louis Armstrong for 15 years. So my dad came from a huge jazz blues background. Mm. And then my mom, who is 25 years uh, younger than my dad, was Barbara Streisand, Johnny Mathis, Dionne Warwick. So I would say I'm a mix of all of those things, if, if you will. But with that said, I guess the music bug entered your system at a very young age. Absolutely. Yes. Just singing around the house. I can tell you exactly when the bug hit me, but just in general, my family, uh, my dad would hop on the piano. My sisters and I would sing. And uh, our house was sort of the, uh, the, the family party house, you know, barbecue cookout. So we, and we had a bunch of musicians in the family. So uh, inevitably a jam session would break out and wow. six, seven, eight singing along. But it wasn't until I was 12 that I knew I wanted to be a singer for real. Did they have to say, come on, Jesse, sing, sing, sing? Or were you up there before? <laughs> I was up there before. I mean, I was a ham from day one. <laughs> wow. Wow. You mentioned that your your uncle played with Louis Armstrong. Yes. Let's let's take a little a little peek at what that looked like. Check this out. Hmm. Billy Kyle with Louis Armstrong. Thank you very much. And now we're going to turn it over to the young man at the piano there. Yeah, the young man. <laughs> Billy Kyle! You have a... grab some tissues oh, goodness <laughs> I hadn't seen that in quite a while um just you know proud I know you know my uncle passed away before I was born but of course my dad talked about him and, and our other uncle all the time so uh just really a sense of uh pride I know how proud my dad was of him and it I don't know just really a, a tremendous sense of pride he was so talented so gifted and um you know, on a side note, one of my nieces was out in California and had the occasion to meet Quincy Jones. Wow. And they got to talking and mentioned that Billy was her great uncle. And um, Quincy Jones, like, he was the best, most underrated, the most wonderful pianist. And I just, just warmed all of our hearts to hear that story that he still remembered so fondly and was just so gifted and humble. <laughs> 
he's from Philly. He was from Philly too. <laughs> Humility definitely runs in the family. I, I felt that when I met you, you were singing, you were so endearing and just embraced the crowd. And, you know, they were with you as you were with them. So thank you for that. Let me ask you about, um, I love talking about heroes and sheroes. Who's your hero or who's your shero? Who, who's played that, that key profound role? And With, without a doubt, my mom. Mm, for talk, sure. talk about her, talk about her. Definitely. My mom, um, my, my father has since passed away, but my parents had such a beautiful marriage and a beautiful relationship. My sisters and I were so um, really blessed to watch this partnership. And that's really what it was. They loved each other. They liked each other. They respected each other. And it was a partnership because as I had mentioned earlier that my mom was so much younger than my dad. My dad had a major heart attack when he was 55. So my mother worked, my dad stayed home, did my hair, made our lunch, cleaned the house, cooked dinner. So, but that was, uh, that was their partnership. They, they got it done. And so my mom just, uh, in, when I talk about her, her work ethic, their work ethic, but my mom didn't have a particularly wonderful childhood. Mm. And when she had my sisters and me, just made a concerted decision to change, to break the cycle. And we are, I think, thriving, healthy women because of that. And it, that takes a lot of strength of character, fortitude, because you know you either break it or you repeat it. And so many people obviously repeat it. And just grateful that my mom just showed us love, respect, work ethic, honesty, um, and so, and through so many triumphs, I mean, and when you meet her, she's a very young, healthy 75. But when you meet her, you know, if you looked at all of the obstacles in her life, that could make someone extremely jaded. And instead, sure. she is just full of love, full of life. You know, I, nothing was ever going to get her down. And I think, so for all of this and many other reasons, she's definitely my hero, my Shira. Do you have any of those? My mother used to say, she always told me to, uh, any of those words? Oh, off the top of my head. Something I say actually often, and I don't even know where it came, but she always said, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And that's <laughs> such an old, but that sticks with me in terms of, you know, I have a, I kind of uh, put a, a, a spin on that. I say a no just means go in a different direction. So, you know, if you see the outcome, this didn't work, okay, I'm gonna, like a pinball, this didn't work, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna go here. So that one she would say, she always would say, whatever is done in the dark will always come out in the light. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> and the, the next, I always remember, just never burn bridges. You just mm. never know, just never burn bridges, so. It's, was there a, uh, is there a story around the name Jesse, um, did they just pull it out of the air or is there a story there that they named their beautiful daughter, Jesse? Well, my given name is Jessica mm -hmm. and my father was Jesse. And okay. so what's actually funny that I go by Jesse now is that I'm t I don't remember this, but my mom says when I was in kindergarten, teacher would call me Jesse, Jesse, you know, she abridged my name. And that I told her at five years old, my father is Jesse and I am Jessica. 
and no one ever called me Jesse again for the rest of my 12 years in school. <laughs> so when I changed my name in my 20s, because my dad was just, both of my parents, of course, but my dad just pushed me so much with my music. And so in my early 20s, I said, you know what, dad, one day I'm going to be famous and so will you. And that's where I took the name Jesse, but I'm Jessica. Let, let, let's stay with that. And if you have any questions or comments, throw them in the chat room. We'd love to hear your voice. Jesse, at a young age, you realized you, you, you had a gift. When did you know you were good, that you could use your gift and make a living? And tell us about that journey to now. So when did you realize, oh, girlfriend got skills. I can do something with this voice. Um, and tell us about how, how you... How you got there? Well, uh, I do remember it was March. You're going to laugh at this. March 22nd, 1986. It was the day, very specific as the day before my 13th birthday. And I sang in a talent show at school. Now, I don't know how good I was, but I got a standing ovation. And I remember standing there. And it's crazy. The little, you know, I don't know how everybody's memory is. I kind of remember things like a Polaroid, like a snapshot. Yes, I remember yes. the stage. I remember the lights. I remember my dress. And I just remember that everyone stood up and cheered. And I was in awe, like I did that with my voice. And that was it. I was bitten with the bug right then and there. And what was next? I mean, how, have you, how did you navigate your way, your steps, your journey to getting to where you are now and singing all over the place? Uh, huge, huge, huge sports fan. I've seen yeah. you sing the national anthem at the link at Wells Fargo, at Veter yes, Veterans Stadium, yep, and like Citizens Bank. Bank. Yep. Tell us about, what, how'd you get there? What, what happened for so you I to be able to garner that much success? Uh, thank you. I started, um, well, by then, obviously, 12, 13. So I started with singing lessons at 14, and then I got in manager. So I kind of went, I wanted to dabble in acting as well. Uh, but it wasn't until I was 16 uh, and I was up in Martha's Vineyard with my older sister babysitting. And there uh, was a place called David's Island House. And I would mm. sneak out. I was only 16, but I've looked pretty old my whole life. So I snuck in to sing. And at, you know, it was just a piano play. It was a piano bar. And I asked to sing a couple songs and crowd kind of like, who is this? Who is this? And then he offered for me to come back for $50. And that was my first hang gig at 16. And... Um, and then after that, so through high school, just singing in the chorus, you know, but my eye was on graduation. My parents, like sure. you had to graduate high school. Um, everybody else in my family went to college. I knew I did not want to go to college. I just wanted to sing. And my parents, uh, I think begrudgingly accepted that, but they said, you can have the summer off, but by August, you have to get a job. If you're going to sing, you have to go out and get it. And that just meant a friend of a friend got me in a little band. And that got me into Philly and just with different musicians and producers and started singing for the anthem and back all the way back then. Wow. And then just by virtue of just being out in the city, meeting people and, you know, you get booked one gig and then, so then I just got to know folks in the city and then I got in a band. So that was my, but I just jumped in and, you know, in fact, my job at A Touch of Jazz, which is Jazzy Jazz Studio, uh, even though I was an administrator, ultimately, but I went down as a singer with that group. 
And I didn't have any studio experience, but I wanted studio experience. I would just show up without the other girls. Just say, hey, listen, do you need some raspy backgrounds? I just want to learn. <laughs> and I just showed up every day after work. And um, they were kind to let me do that. And then I just you know, befriended Jeff and then he offered me a job. So I took the job, even though I wasn't singing, I took the job because I thought, right. I didn't go to college, but I need to learn the business of music. And I worked there for many years and certainly learned the business of music, but then also met more people. So mm. it was just jumping in and you know, making that one, that first contact. You use your gift to sing, I use my gift to speak. And, and there are times when I'm speaking to groups of people where I feel like I'm in a zone. It's like, oh my goodness, it just takes over where look out. I know I'm talking, but somebody else is controlling this. Sure. Um, how does it feel when you're in that zone? when you know that, okay, it's Jesse time, I'm killing it, I'm doing the darn thing. You know, it just comes, it, it was obviously it's a great feeling, you know that feeling too. And it's really, as you said, connecting with people. Um, it, I, it just feels like, oh wow, this is meant to be. Because then the flip side is when I don't feel that, then I walk off stage like, oh man, what happened? And everybody else has said, that was great. And I'll think I didn't connect. But when I do, yeah, it's like hitting, you know, you, hitting that grand slam. Yeah, yeah. we have our, our, a question in the chat room. You mentioned this a little earlier, but if you can speak to it again, it says, who were the singers that most influenced you? You mentioned some earlier, but can you right. talk about it a little bit more? And, and why, who were they and why? Well, the first was Barbara Streisand. So I'm certainly showing my age by this, but Saturday morning was the cleaning day. My mom would put on an actual record, play it, flip it and play it. And I just remember being probably five, six, and it was Barbara Streisand's Greatest Hits Volume 2, I believe, but like Songbird and Evergreen and the way we were. And I, those are the songs I remember singing along mm -hmm. to, where I kind of remember comments like, oh, she's pretty, she's on key. Like, that's pretty good. Um, and then certainly when I was 12, was Whitney Houston, without a doubt, I mean, yeah. It was hate is she was she still is, but just the sun and the moon and the stars. I mean, I definitely wore out the grooves in that record. Uh, <laughs> I want to dance with somebody. My goodness. Yeah. So it was I would say. And then as I got a little bit older, definitely Sade. Right. I mean, so those those ladies are my, my top three. I always believe that Whitney Houston was really good. Unfortunately, I didn't realize how good she was until after she passed and people started singing her songs right. and they couldn't come close. No, Even they're... someone like Jennifer uh, Hudson, I mean, yeah. she did her best, like she can't get Whitney. There, there are a few women, um, I agree with you. I mean, the, like, and I feel they're kind of the same way, even though their, their voices are different, but Barbara Streisand, like that just, like God did this and just put it on their vocal cords. There's some women, um, I would say Deborah Cox, and there's this brilliant lady, Shalaya, who Whitney would be extremely proud. I, I would put it that way. But you're right, it, it's hard. I mean, I, I don't really, I sang Whitney Houston for the first time like three years ago. Wow. wow. And uh, in fact, this, the song that I sang as a, uh, that talent show in seventh grade was the greatest love of all. And I hadn't sung it until mm. that show three years ago. Um, wow. Yeah, Whitney, 
you know, I mean, I'm, I'm okay, but you, you <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard to attempt with me. Speaking of voice, there's another question. It says, how do you think, how do you think a vocalist finds his or her voice? And how did you find your true voice? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, so how do you think a vocalist finds his or her voice? And how did you find your true voice? Well, I think that you get inspiration by listening to other artists, but you kind of have to navigate that because I remember my first singing teacher and he was like, I really don't want you to sing along to it. And he's like, I want you to develop your own style. Mm. But the flip side is you kind of learn styles by singing with people. So for me, um, I would sing along, but like, I really, I don't do runs very well. I just don't. There's some people who can do them great. I don't, so I don't attempt, but I think just singing along to other songs I loved helped me figure out, and maybe this is part two of the, the second question, what I can do and can't do and knowing what my voice can do and what I feel comfortable. Cause I always say, just cause you can hit a certain note doesn't mean yeah. you should. <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind of you. <laughs> and so I just feel like personally, I feel like my, like I have this little box and I'm good in that box, but doing, you know, like I, like again, I don't attempt Whitney cause I, I just know that's not that that that's that's not my ministry. <laughs> right, 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 right. I think it ties into the quote: "Be yourself, because everyone else is taken." You, you Absolutely. Have to have, you have to have your lane. There's another... And I think by singing along with other people, you kind of find your style and like, "Oh, I can do that. That sounds good." And you kind of remember that when you're singing your own song. But I think just as you grow and mature, you you settle into yeah, what your voice can do. Oh, this part sounds good, or this kind of style is good for me. You know, my raspy voice, I think, uh, does well with my, my little jazz and soul and some <laughs> blues. You know, I'm not, I don't have a pop singer voice. Mm. And that's okay. I mean, every, I don't have to have a pop singer voice, but I know that I don't. And that's okay, too. One of the things I've seen you do multiple times is sing the national anthem. And I, I remember the time you sang it. It, for the Eagles game, I think it was 2013 in the snow. snow. <laughs> you yeah. came out there. I'm actually going to play that right now, play the entire song. And I have a couple questions about the anthem um, that I'd like for you to consider. So let's okay. see Jesse Kyle singing the national anthem for the Eagles in the snow. Okay. <laughs> Please join in singing our national anthem with Jesse Kyle. Over the realm 
E A G L E S Eagle. <laughs> Talk to us. What, what was oh that? What's that? What was that like? That is snowing. I remember that. That was the game that Shady McCoy rushed for two hundred yards. Yes. Oh, what, was, what was that like for you? That was at first. I'm, rem- I'm remembering my short hair. <laughs> uh, so that game. So I've sung, you know, probably twenty years now. Uh, for longer so it's always um it's very structured you know you have to go early if it's a one o'clock game you go at 9 a.m you do a sound check and then they put you in this room and you kind of no windows and you're just kind of hanging out until it's time to sing and that's not great for me because then I start getting really 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 nervous and then you walk down through the tunnel well that day when I did my sound check at nine there was not a a flake of snow on the ground wow I didn't know what was going on. You know, my, the, the gentleman who took the, that shaky, DJ shaky hands, as we call him, that's my beloved, my husband took that. So he was in the stands and he didn't say that it was snowing. So it's time for me to walk through the tunnel. And it was this giddy, uh, you know, kid at Christmas energy. It was so exciting. Like the groundskeepers were like literally shoveling the, the lines. And normally like you go 50 yard line and it's structured and they look at the time. Well, everything was so crazy that they were like, I was in the end zone walking, they're like, here's the mic, sing. So I didn't have any time to get excited or nervous rather. And it was just fun. And I don't know, the, the energy was just incredible. And of course we won, so that was fun. What, what, what do you think about before you sing the national anthem? Is it like singing other songs uh, when you're at a show or you're performing or, or just something, are you thinking something else when you're about to perform that song? Yeah, it's something altogether different for the anthem. It's not uh, it's not an easy song to sing. So I I, I, I say a nice prayer. <laughs> I remind myself that, Jess, you've always wanted to be a singer, and now here you are. So go out and do it. Um, but it's just a different preparation because it's, a, it's not an easy song. Now, there are times that I've done, like when I, we were talking earlier about the weddings, and I've done probably 800 weddings. And there were times I would say my prayers going into that, just not for me, but to be great for that bride and groom and their guests. Right. But for the anthem, it's like, you're here. I want to be great for the team, for our fans, and to just do a good job. And I guess I'd remind myself, Jess, this is what you always wanted to do. So go out there. Mm. Considering what has happened of late in our country with Colin Kaepernick taking the knee during the national anthem, um, George Floyd, the social and civil unrest last year, and just where we are as a country. Uh, is there a different level of preparation or are you thinking something differently when you sing now since all these other things have occurred? Is, is it the you same know, or, or is it different? And if it is different, it was the different? same. It was the same until January 6th. I sang for the Sixers that evening. So before I left the house and I'm watching the news and seeing what's happening in DC mm-hmm. and being so, of course, upset by it and sad and it just, um, so that was a different, I almost cr- teared up as I was singing the song because uh, with, with our flaws and I think because we are allowed to, we do have our free speech. I can say, yeah, our country has fault. There are things that we obviously have to fix without a doubt, but I'm, grateful to live here and I'm happy. And I really got tear in my head, really. I'm just glad I didn't do a lot of singing, but got teary 
thinking about our nation, singing the song and thinking about what was going on in our nation's capital at that moment. So that really was the first time that it hit me differently. Thompson, you sang the national anthem that evening for the Sixer game on January 6th. Yes. Wow. Now, you know I'm going to go find that footage. I, I, want, to, I want to see you in action then. Uh, another question says, what would you say are three keys? What would you say are three keys to staying sharp as a vocalist, especially a professional vocalist? So the person is looking for some keys to staying sharp as a vocalist and as a professional vocalist. Um, I would say the first, you know, you're talking like technically as a vocal, not like performance wise, but technically as a vocalist, I would say rest, rest, rest. I have had three vocal cord surgeries. I've lost my voice and, um, and of course couldn't sing. And the doctors said it's you know overuse if you're not, but also dehydration. So I'm saying rest, lots of water because everybody does tea and lemon if that works for you, but sleep, rest. And I would say finding a, like I studied for 10 years with two different instructors. So mm. I feel like I have the foundation, but I go back to an instructor every so often for what I like to say, a tune-up. So it's about when I'm saying sharp, it's just making sure, just giving me different things to work on because your voice changes, um, but still how to prepare, how to do your vocal warm-ups properly so that you don't injure your voice. So those are the three things I'd say. Wow. Now you mentioned uh, the three um, situations with, with your voice. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you are a cancer survivor, correct? I am. I'm a three-time survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. So those three vocal cord surgeries are completely different. Wow. Wow. How did you, what was you, what was your strength? What was your inspiration in getting through those three situations with, with cancer? Well, I was diagnosed the first time when I was 16. So it was the same summer that I uh, debuted in Martha's Vineyard. So, you know, I, I, I look back and think at 16, you're just kind of naive. And then I thought as I was receiving chemo, I was treated down at CHOP, um, that, you know, this was just a story to tell Oprah one day and that I was going to be a big star. <laughs> you too, you too. <laughs> and that's why I was going to survive that. But that was, you know, a 16 year old. Um, then the second time I was 27 mm. and that was a different, I was physically way sicker. I knew I was sick. I let it go for a long time. So by the time that was just, I had no other option. By the time I went to the hospital, my doctor said, we're glad you came in because you probably, uh, you probably would be gone in three months. So at 27, it was just, well, I have to get better. Nothing else mattered. Uh, the third time I was married, I am married, but I was married and our daughter was a toddler. And so, I mean, of course I had to get better for my family. Wow. The questions are pouring in. This one says, what singers, what singers or artists would you most like to collaborate with? So if you had Ooh. your choice, if you oh, had your that's choice, a great question. your wish list, who would you want to collaborate with? Um, I would say, I'd, you know, I'd love to collaborate with John Legend. Ooh, why? I could see, I just think he's a, obviously a gifted singer, gifted He's just gifted across the board. 
Um, and I think my little raspy voice, I think he and I could do something nice. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of take it slow. Exactly. <laughs> and wait, maybe you can, you're going to do the, the, the backgrounds. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll hum. <laughs> wow. John Legend. He's, he's bad. He's, Absolutely. He, he got some skills. Wow. This person commented after the national anthem. Uh, that was beautiful. Your voice is powerful. And how did you sing like that and weather like that? I'm blown away. Your rendition of the song was spotless. Well done. Well. Thank you. Yeah. Thankfully, the song's only 90 seconds because it was so cold. Holy cow. And it, it, I don't know if there's a close up, but I remember there, I almost lost my lashes because the snow was literally falling <laughs> on my face. Uh, as I said before, it, there was no time to be nervous. They just, here's the mic and sing. And so that was actually better because I didn't have to psych myself up because I'd kind of do right. that thing as I'm walking out. Uh, like I said, if it was a full show, I don't think I could have done it, but 90 seconds, I could get through it. Maybe Carl Lewis should have called you up before he did his <laughs> rendition of the national anthem. Jesse, we do a, a, a little exercise on the show that's called the hot seat. Okay. That is, I will give you a word or two and first word that comes to your mind you want it to come out we don't want you to think to talk we want you to talk to think and i'll give you a series of words and then i'll say jesse kyle you're off the hot seat first word So you want one word or do you want a description of what you're selling i just want one one word gotcha first word that comes to mind okay music Love. Companionship. Friendship. Challenges. Hurdles. I don't Family. Love. Husband. Perfect. <laughs> I know he's watching. I know he's watching. Courage. Strength. Authenticity. Humility. Pivot. Change. Tomorrow. Right. Love. Love. Jesse Kyle, you're off the hot seat. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. Jesse, considering your career and what you've done in your life, what, if anything, would you change? What would you change? Wow, that's a really good question. So I probably would have pushed for at, at the looking back at my time in a touch of jazz, I think I would have pushed a lot harder for me to be taken seriously as a singer. Mm-hmm. I think what I would look like. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, they they knew I could sing and and I would be at my desk and I'd get pulled in to sing. Uh, backgrounds, but I think that, you know, I would guess that they looked at me with a different set of eyes because now I was in this role. I was Jeff's personal assistant and I took my job seriously. I was the only woman down there. I was in my early twenties and I wanted to be taken seriously um, as his assistant, but as a representative of the company. So I kind of shape, even though I was singing on the side, leave the studio and I'd go sing elsewhere. But I didn't want to sort of pervert my position by constantly like, hey, I'm a singer, I'm a singer, you know, let me. 
So I think I would probably, because I'm definitely tenacious, but in that time I took a back seat and I, I shouldn't have. Mm. What created you taking the back seat? I mean, what was it that limited you from pushing as much as you would push if you had a chance to do it all over again? Like I said, I think just, I took my job seriously. I took my role seriously. And I just didn't think that somebody, I could pick up the phone and call heads of record labels. And this was back in the day when you really wanted a record deal. I could pick up the phone and call, I mean, anybody. And they take my call. But I was handling a touch of jazz business. I didn't think that they'd take me seriously. Like, oh, business is done. Oh, by the way, I'm a singer. Because now they're not really looking at me seriously as a singer or they're not really looking at me seriously as the representative of the studio. And I took that, my job very seriously. Was there ever a time where you said, maybe it's time for me to do something different? Yes, um, that's when I quit. Mm. Yeah, there were times ultimately I'd be, because the studio was small, my office was here, the recording studio was there, and they're recording and recording. And it just, it would be, I don't even know how to describe it, like, but, but so hurtful, I'd be at my desk doing my business, like, all I want to do is be right there, literally. I was literally and figuratively so close to my dream. And ultimately, wow. uh, I left because I had to pursue it elsewhere. With regard to being that close to your dream, what advice would you have for aspiring singers, people who see you and others and say, that's who I want to be, that's what I want to do, they're getting started. I guess I'm asking for do's or don'ts or, or words of encouragement, words of wisdom for Again, aspiring singers. I would say first, you have to learn the business of music. And certainly the business of today is different than when I ran the studio, but to learn the business, understanding publishing, and like, again, those things have changed. Publishing, but royalties, et cetera, you have to know your business and know the streams of revenue and how to protect yourself. If you're a songwriter, making sure that you you know, not necessarily sign with a publishing company, but make sure that all of your publishing is straight and that you get credit for everything. That would be first and foremost, because um, they're just tales, dozens and dozens of tales over these years, probably hundreds of people who became successful and either lost money or didn't make the money because they didn't know the back end. Oh, I just want to sing. Well, it's called a music business for a reason. So I would stress the importance of learning the behind the scenes. And that also means in the studio, uh, how to record, but that doesn't mean you have to become an engineer, but understanding what the engineer does, what the producer does. Just understand, because it's your business to understand all aspects of it. Um, and then I think just musically, I would say, whatever it is, whatever music you wanna do, whatever your passion is to just hold fast to that. Because I think just for an example, like when Pink was signed and she would, was more on the R&B side and it was great. That wasn't what she really wanted to do, but she stuck to her guns, stuck to her guns, and was able to start doing the music she really wanted to. And I would say just to you know, stay with what your, your gut's telling you. Mm. You mentioned earlier that there's some lanes you don't go down. Uh, we're gonna share some of the lanes you do go down. It's you singing several songs. I believe it's called the Eddie Tully Experience. And people can't sit down when they hear <laughs> your voice. So let's take a look. Uh, again, it's brief, but I wanted to 
folks to see you in action doing other songs as well. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. myself speaking on video I always cringe or I could have done this better or that better how does it feel when you watch yourself sing and the impact you have on others uh most of the time I cringe actually uh but then there's some times that I'll see I'm like oh that was nice but that that really doesn't happen that often <laughs> <laughs> incredible you have your own your own style of Kyleizing, how's that? Kyleizing, whatever it is you're singing, um, beautiful, beautiful. What motivates you to continue to work hard? Because I know you're a hard worker. What's 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 Thank the motivation you. behind that? You know, I I think it's because of uh, because of my health triumphs, as I like to call them. I, you know, as I said, three time survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma and cardiac issues and the vocal cords, I am constantly reminded by those who did not survive their journeys. Mm. And that, you know, I've lost very close people, my father, my father-in-law, I mean, unfortunately the list is long. And then acquaintances and people I've counseled over the years. So there's a, a, a part of them that I carry with me, just like I'm still here for some reason. And it's not just, I, I, of course I'm happy to be here and here with my husband and our daughter and our family. But I feel like there's still, there's more than that. So the fact that I'm still here after all of these challenges, I just have to live really hard and well, because I, I carry those people with me. Also, Jesse, <laughs> if people want to um, hear more of your music or buy some of your music or to see you in action, I know the YouTube channel, what else, where else can they go? So I'm on the all the digital media platforms so itunes spotify um if you what like i mean you can buy it from itunes but i'm on Bandcamp, and those are uh you can simply just pay a donation if you'd like so there are some cover albums and then my original work mm. and jessekyle.com few questions in for you let's see 
<laughs> Janet Jackson did a well-known project about how her life with song titles about her, like Control, When I Think of You, What Have You Done For Me Lately, etc. What would be some song titles from a project about the Jesse Kyle story? That's a great question. Uh, the top of my head, I will survive. Mm. That would be, I think that kind of just encompasses my whole life. At first I was afraid. Yeah, I was <laughs> petrified. Um, and I, I, that's just really what would stick out of, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, that, was, was that, that just kind of was a theme in my, in my whole life. Well, well thinking, thinking about surviving and thriving and words that come to mind like that, what has been a highlight for you in your professional career? And what was a low light? So if you think about your experience, your journey, wow. a highlight and, and a low, low light. light. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably over 2000 gigs, but I can remember I, the highlight, I have a tie on the highlight. Mm -hmm. And the tie is, as you mentioned, Super Bowl when the Eagles won. I was uh, invited to sing at a private party the night before, and part of that was going to the game. So, February fourth, twenty eighteen. Right? Correct. That is correct. So the back thirty three. Exact forty one thirty three. Forty one thirty three. Okay. Look at and, you. Okay. <laughs> and uh, that, and only six months later, or seven months later, I performed a Philly fights cancer. I was able to tell my story because I was treated as I said. Chop, and then the second two times were at Penn, and the third, the third time was Abramson Cancer Center. Um, and so that was with Jerry Seinfeld in Maroon 5. Yes. So it was, it, those were yes. those two 2018 gigs, unbelievable. The low light was uh, at a Sixers game, and there was just a miscommunication, but I was singing the Canadian anthem, and they brought in, I'm not going to say her name, but they brought in somebody famous to sing our national anthem. And they put us in the same dressing room. And then her people left and about a minute later, I was unceremoniously kicked out of this room. And mm. it was, I, would I was going to leave, but that's not professional, but I said, right. um, but we straightened it out and I, I'm still <laughs> singing. <laughs> well, but, that, but at that moment, it was really uh, humiliating. Mm. I'm sure a lot of things went through your mind and you did the professional thing. You mentioned 76ers. I know you're a big time fan. What do we do at Ben Simmons? What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? I don't even that, know. That you can I mean, say and then still invite you back to sing the next. Right. No, it's nothing about the team. Of course. I love, I just think that from what I understand, I kind of, I've talked to my husband about it, who uh, coached basketball. It's like, it's just form is, his shooting form, his elbow pops out. I mean, that he just has to kind of go back and retrain himself, I think. But I don't know, is that worth all of the money? I don't know that answer. It's, but, it's, it's a new but, but you know what, sometimes even, and we, we, there's a mental component that people tend to forget. Something's going on. Like why he couldn't take some of those shots in the playoffs, I don't know. It's more clearly he has a skill because he made it to the NBA. So is there something else going on? So I would, 
you know, I, I would look even deeper to that. Maybe it's not just the form of his shooting, but is there something else going on that makes him not want to take those shots at that, those moments? I don't know. Come on, Ben, we're cheering for you. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> Another question was, what would you say to a vocalist not comfortable with his or her voice, but you can clearly hear the talent? So they haven't discovered it yet. Right. They're not comfortable, but you can hear. Here. What, what would Jesse Kyle say to that? That I would hope that that singer had somebody who could encourage them. I mean, when I was, I think in fifth grade, so the gentleman, Mr. Smith, who wound up running that talent show that I sang in seventh grade, he heard me in fifth grade. And I, I didn't have the confidence, obviously, that I have now in fifth grade. And so I was a little more meek, but he saw something and encouraged me. Um, and I would hope that that vocalist would have somebody because sometimes it's hard to muster that confidence on your own. But if you have somebody, you know, I believe in you, guiding you. I would hope that that, per that vocalist had somebody like that. Jesse, considering the heights you've reached, what else, where else do you want to go? Something that you have not done, a place you haven't performed. Where's that? And overall, just in general with your career, what's next for you? Um, you know, I, I think every singer would love to sing at the Super Bowl. Um, that would be amazing. Um, when I half, sing at the Super Bowl, time, that was a halftime, your own half 15. No, I would, you know what? I would love to do, they either do America the Beautiful or God Bless America before the anthem. I'd love to do that. Mm. Um, I, but I've, you know, I, thankfully when I look back, I mean, I've sung at the White House and you know, sung, that, sung, sung, like? sung at the Pentagon. Well, it was just thrilling. I mean, it, it was an honor certainly to be invited. And it was for the congressional uh, holiday party. So everybody was there. And it was just, it was, I mean, a, a truly an honor to be invited. It was mm -hmm. a bucket list type of gig. So I don't, I think America the Beautiful or God Bless America at the Super Bowl, that would be. And then I'd be done. I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Before you answer the next one, let's let's take a look at you singing at Jim Kenny's inauguration. Oh yeah. Let's, let's take a look at that. Jesse, another part of this show toward the end is something where we call the mini keynote. I'm a keynote speaker. I give keynote presentations all the time. We ask our guests, like they're talking to 3 billion people, 30 to 60 second keynote where you 
provide and share words of encouragement, a call to action, uh, a drop to mic, give them something to think about, consider as we continue to navigate the rest of this year, um, considering everything that's going on and in the future. So get Jesse Kyle, mic check, mic check, mic check. We're not gonna ask you to sing it out. We're gonna ask you to and speak it out. I would first say to start with gratitude. Uh, there's always something for which to be grateful. Clearly everybody can list their problems because everybody has them. Everyone has their trials or tribulations, but everybody has something for which to be grateful. You might not be where you want to be, but you are definitely better than other people. So to understand it, not to diminish your situation, but somebody is always going through something worse. That your perception can change the reality. It is the old glass half full. If you wake up and say, man, this day is gonna be awful. Guess what? It's probably gonna be awful. If you say this day is gonna, I'm gonna take these challenges and this day is gonna be good. I'm gonna find the rainbow and the sunshine in the storm. That will change your day. Uh, to move with grace, because once again, everyone is carrying a burden and some carry it lighter, easier than others, but everybody is going through something and to deal with people uh, with some grace because you don't know what just happened five minutes before you met them or got on the phone with them. And finally, to never give up. Whatever your plan is, whatever your goals are, whatever it is that you want to do, you've got to just do it. Like my, the Nike slogan, just do it. And you're going to hit an obstacle. So then you've got to navigate, you've got to pivot and just figure out how to get it done. And I just encourage people to just have a positive attitude um, and the sun always rises tomorrow. The mic was just dropped. Did you hear <laughs> it? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Jesse, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the Dr. James Show, bringing your gifts, plural, bringing your, your spirit, bringing your experiences and wisdom. We thank you so much. Thank you time. so much, Dr. James. This has been such a pleasure. And it really, I'm so thrilled and, and extremely honored that you invited me. And I hope that uh, everybody can take just some type of positive energy. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate your time. Ooh, thank you. Listen, I keep telling you, we get better and better. <laughs> look up Jesse Kyle website, buy her music, listen, tell people about her and look for her singing those national anthems at our sporting events here in Philadelphia. Like I always said, you know, we do our, just, our best to provide an informational and transformational experience for you. And as always, remember, you've just been gympacted. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>